I masturbate with a snowball. It's February 9, 2022, and this is Rare Encounter, encounter number 84. Speaking that traction control is the way of the devil, I'm Abel Kirby. And finding PC parts in all the wrong places, I'm Cold Acid. Mm, I have uh, non-politically correct parts, just so you know. Oh, I'm not talking politically correct. I'm talking about Persicons. Persicons. Are they like Opticons, or are they more like Decepticons? Both, but <laughs> Japanese. Uh, what do you got there? I heard you opening something. I got a Red's uh, hard apple and black cherry. I don't want to say the word cider, because I don't think it really is. <gasps> But it's a, uh, it's a something. It has flavors inside it, just so you know. Ooh, flavors. So I'm drinking a flavors. All right. Not bad, actually. And what's that? That's good to hear. My drink comes from Mexico, oh. but it is not Haritos today. Ooh, is it his brother, Carlitos? No. It's Mexican Coca-Cola. Oh. Pew. Pew. Q on Q. And how is that? What is, what is, what makes it Mexican Coke? Is it just the sugar? It's made in Mexico, and in Mexico, they can't use high fructose corn syrup for it, so they still use cane sugar to make the Coca-Cola. Ah, yes. Cane sugar. Which makes it healthier for you than the same Coca-Cola that we get here in Canada, or you get in the USA. Hmm. Every once in a while, I see one of those sodas, and they have an advertisement on the side, made with real sugar. You know, it makes you think. That's the advertisement now. It's made with real sugar. It just goes to show you how much shit is made using the high fr fructose corn syrup these days. Yeah. Fuck the fructose. Fructose. <laughs> fructose. I'm sick of this fructose. I wonder what's in this. I think this is... You know what? There's no ingredients label on this. It is just flavor. It's the only thing mm, inside. Flavor. It's flavor and 5% alcohol. So, hmm. There doesn't look to be, uh, there doesn't look to be any ingredients on this either. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's Mexico, uh, Mexico, Mexico. It's made with Mexican alchemy. And in, in Quebec, you get a five cent refund for returning the bottle. Oh, really? You have to so go the Mexicans are the Mexicans obviously are making Coca Cola for the Quebecois. Let's see. I've got a five cent refund for this glass bottle in um, Vermont, Maine, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Hawaii, or New York. But if you go to Michigan, you get ten cents. If I'm reading my uh, my two letter uh, des designations here right, M I is Michigan, right? I think that's it. Yeah, MI is Michigan. And uh, so, yeah, you could. Why, why would you return the bottle anywhere else? You could double your income. Just go to Michigan. Because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to bring the empties across a state border to return them, or a provincial border. They're supposed to be returned in the same state or province where they were purchased. Because usually it's the government that is running some sort of program for return bottles. And... It's technically fraud, although I doubt anybody would actually prosecute over a five-cent difference, but, I mean... You cross state lines. You cross state yeah. lines with an empty. Yeah, man. That, that, you're breaking the law. <laughs> breaking the law, man. Well, I can, I can once again cross state lines because uh, I got my car back. Yay! 
I think this is the vehicle reunion show of Rare Encounter because now we both have wheels. Yeah, yeah, my uh, my rogue got a new battery and and yeah, I'm zoom zoom zooming around again. Yeah. They were they were happy to see me at the burrito place. And the girl behind the counter said, yeah, she read my messages when I was ordering the burritos for delivery. Oh, boy, what kind of messages did you send to that, that uh, sweet lady? I told her, hey, it's it's cold acid. My car won't work, so I need to order my burrito by delivery. By the way, you'd look good in a ponytail. I never said that. Oh, well, that is uh, the first mistake. No, I, I'm I'm burrito sexual. I'm all about the burritos <laughs> more than the more than the girl behind the counter. Uh, that's your second mistake. Um, yeah, I got my car back. I was in an accident. Uh, I didn't mention it on this show. I mentioned Oof. it on Abel. I mentioned it to like Sir Spencer is the only one I mentioned it to. And so I got my car fixed. It was only a minor thing, um, but I just couldn't drive it for a while because it, it was like a headlight and a bumper, and. The uh, one one of the other things was there's a little crack inside the uh, what do you call it the power steering thing which made it so you couldn't even drive around you know because the power steering was out. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so it, and it's not you could drive around but you'd have to put the power steering fluid in or try and it would bleed out you know because the reservoir <laughs> was broken and I couldn't find yeah. it. Yeah. There find there the you got you got to bring it in in that case. I me I mean. I don't even care about the about the body damage from when I got a dent because of a too narrow parking spot, and the parking col the column in the parking structure that was just right there and gave me a nice dent on the side. <laughs> uh, but other than that, like if I if I lost a light, I could replace it. I've I change my own tires, right? I do shit like that. My brother my brother he helped me with the battery because i mean without wheels i need somebody to actually bring me over to canadian tire and back right and he ended up doing the actual battery changing work because he just like here give me the tools uh, so i didn't even get a chance to do it but i could yeah this one was really held up because i had a it was all going to be paid for by insurance and unfortunately that's always nice the uh the insurance company apparently approved the let's see the body shop that was going to do the repairs submitted the estimate with the photos and the cost and here's what everything's going to be and they're waiting for the insurance adjuster to get back to them and apparently so i found out after like a week of waiting around um more than a week actually it was more like 10 10 or 11 days of calling them and trying to find out no one knows what's going on we found out that they actually approved it like the same day but never told anyone so in their system, it was approved, but no, this oh, start the work and we'll pay for it was was the bottom line. The the shop wouldn't start work until you know this gets approved, right? And somebody forgot to push it, a button. It was obviously, just the stupidest fucking thing I've ever had to deal with. And I had the the guys at the auto body shop. I was talking I, I, to them. I was just visiting with them. You know, I would go by and chat with them and commiserate for a while. And they were telling me this is the worst uh, they've ever seen an insurance company treat someone uh, this time. And the guy at the um, at the rent a car place was completely befuddled at how how terrible they were. So yeah, it was a whole disaster on all sides uh, because of the insurance company of all things. Because they were idiots and forgot to send the message. It's very disappointing. And it's like the, no adjuster even saw the car, you know? The the agent was in Maryland. The The actual car is in Ohio. The adjuster was in California. And they're 
No one can talk to each other. No one knows who's responsible for anything. It's absolutely infuriating. Welcome to welcome to the new world of distributed work. Yeah. So the good news was I got a, I found a local agent uh, for my place. I went in and I said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta fix something." And we found out that there was a couple things going on where they had. Uh, uh, we we found out the truth of the matter and all that. And he he helped me helped it get sorted out. So it's concluded. That's good. You know, but it was. Uh, That's good people. It was just bullshit. The whole thing was bullshit, start to finish. Like, if I knew it, the cost of, uh, my deductible isn't that high, but it was, you know, so the insurance covered basically most of it, but the, if I'd known up front it was going to take this long and be this much hassle, I might not have even filed the claim because then my rates wouldn't have gone up. It's like the, the only thing that they did really, uh, really fast was, oh yeah, we're going to look and see if it was your fault or not. And well, they did that overnight, you know, but they couldn't do anything else outside of four business days. It's just bullshit. But anyway, there's yeah. the car. Here's the car something that story. isn't bullshit though. What do we got? We got some donations and an executive producer for tonight. Our executive producer is a listener that I've never heard of before. Signs of a new growth, who sent us in one, two, three, four sats on Sunday. Yeah. Now, signs of we uh, had signs of a new growth hmm? is a band. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know who it is. Awesome. So we we got bands listening to us. That's pretty cool. Yeah, signs of uh, new growth was a uh, podcasting 2.0. They they're putting out music on RSS. Uh, and they cited Ablecraft as, oh, well, you know, here we, it looked like a cool thing, so we wanted to do it too. And so they have a couple nice. of songs out there, pretty good. And uh, they're on, you know, the podcasting index Mastodon too. So, yeah, it's cool. Good to see you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, guys. We got some other donations as well. Anonymous donated twice in the span of 10 minutes after last week's show, both times with a 1,000 sats. Now, I don't know if it was the same Anonymous or if it was two different Anonymi. So I'm treating it the as two separate Anonymi instead of, instead of one. We also got another boost after our show last week from John Fletcher. John Fletcher. Who once again said, Fletcher says boost. I like to call him boost. JF. 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 That's why J I call fucking him. F. J fucking F. Nice. <laughs> As I mentioned, signs of a new growth came in with one, two, three, four sats with no message. And we have a number of boosts from C Dubs, who is the creator of Boost CLI, which is what I use to be able to boost podcasts f directly from my Lightning node instead of having to have some wallet that I put funds somewhere else into. He sent a boost of 333 sats with the message no Unicode. Another of 333 sats, which had a Unicode tank and boobs and victory. And yes, boobs are victory, that's for sure. <laughs> and finally, a third one of 33 sats. And he says, now with a better progress bar. And it's true. After that, it there was I did a poll, and there was indeed a better progress bar in Boost CLI. Cool. Yeah. 
This is great. Uh, thanks to everyone who boosted C-dubs. Uh, especially, I'm, I'm really excited to get into Boost CLI uh, stuff. Now, C-dubs is the de developer for that? Yeah, Boost uh, CLI is by C-dubs. Yeah, I need to get a, get that running because it it's a, another tool I need in my tool belt. Um, and especially it's, uh, it's not that difficult to get it running, actually. So Boost CLI I have running on my on my actual computer and to and to access the node to access my node I just use uh, SSH to do port forwarding. So it, you, if you want to you can run it directly on your node if you want to, right? By by simply installing it on there, but for me, I'm happy not having to SSH into the node itself for that, but simply set up the tunnel. Yeah, it and seems, do it all from do it all from my own computer. It seems like the safer way to do it too. You know, less code running on the node is probably better in terms uh, of more stability. It's, uh, more, it's also a matter of I can have a properly adjusted macaroon for it rather than. Rather than passing it the admin macaroon and it being able to do whatever it wants straight to uh, straight to the Lightning uh, Node API, hmm. but it, yeah, it's not that difficult to set it up. Honestly, just uh, just go clone the repo and follow the instructions in the README, and yeah, like it's nice and simple. Let me get some nice and simple stuff to talk about today. Uh, I got my notes up here. What do you have in yours? I have something really interesting. Hold on a second. Oh, you better save it for for someone else's podcast. <laughs> it was really um, interesting. No, this is this is something really interesting. It's a story of a of a picture that has been circulating on the internet for over twenty years now, and somebody hunted down the true story behind it. Okay. What photo? You have my attention. What photo is this? Microsoft bimbos. Microsoft bimbos. Uh, yeah. What is this? Uh, bimbos? Microsoft bimbos? Are these the hookers that Bill Gates used to have that worked at Microsoft? No, no. This is this is a picture of what looks like a computer store that has a sign out front that says Microsoft bimbos with a flipped upside down old Windows logo on it. And this guy found out found out about uh, the truth behind it. I got a couple of clips from this video. It's a, it's this about is it's about half an hour of uh, of watching, and it was really interesting what what he did, how he hunted down where this store was, and that and was able to identify that it was real. It wasn't some really good late '90s, early 2000s Photoshop. Really? Yeah. So this is a Japanese sign. I'm looking at the picture now. It's a yes. It is a Japanese sign. Okay. All right. Let's. So let's... He, I gr I grabbed some interesting clips out of this, including a uh, the first thing. The first thing is that Microsoft and Microsoft are very similar in Japanese, and it's a, it's simply a matter of changing one or two characters, and that's explained in the video. But apparently, apparently, to the Japanese, everybody in the United States is named Mike <laughs> or Michael. To the point, to the point that some J-rock band made a song called like "So Many Mike." So many Mike, so many Mike. Ah, ah, ah. 
that's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> so many mic. And they're cover up. All rook same, all rook same. Yeah. You could do that too. Yeah, as Serpent points out in the chat, it's a one can of difference. There's a single Mora that is different in pronouncing Microsofto or Microsofto. Mm. So it's a roll for Microsoft and a roo for Microsoft. Uh, you're gonna love the roo. Yeah. To, to love the he had room. something else interesting to say about about Japan in this video. Like Japan in its totality is 150,000 square miles. The city of Tokyo alone has over 1.9 million buildings in it. It's a series of islands, but it's a series of very big islands. All right. Very big islands. Got it. Got it. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So he f he found. He was trying to find when the picture first showed up on the internet using Google and its ability to filter by time. And he actually found a different picture on a on a website called Alf's Room. Alf? Like ALF? Yeah. Like the like Alf? Like uh Gordon Shemway Alf? No, like like an elf named Alf. Just A instead of E. Oh, so no puppets. And this is this is like the avatar of the guy who's been running this blog website since 1997 and is the image character for the website. <laughs> God. So it's an elf named Alf. Okay. Yeah. Is he wearing tight pants? No, those are loose pants. No, those are they're pretty baggy pants. Baggy trousers. Uh-oh. Baggy trousers. Maybe and yeah, call Serpent says back. this website is still very 1997. And yes, that is part of what makes this website so great. Alf's I, I kind of want to go back to websites that look like this, you know? it It's got a nice, innocent feeling that you don't get from all these overproduced Web 2.0 glossy websites. It's got a teal background like a dentist room. I bet. Yeah. That, I bet it's mint flavored. It definitely, it's definitely got the right color to be mint flavored. Oh boy! So after after finding the Microsoft bin, the Microsoft Binbo's picture on here that was taken in July two thousand one, with a better angle of the building, he decided he was going to try to use a VR version of Google Earth to identify the building. In the city where it, where it actually is. And it's a city in Gunma Prefecture. Uh, I forget the name of the city. But uh, he had a very interesting experience. Uh, when he started. When he started looking for. When he started looking for the. The place. I'm still not sure how it happened. But somehow I was able to clip through the surface of the earth. A deep sense of dread formed in the pit of my stomach. And I couldn't shake the feeling that. Some sort of eldritch horrors awaited me. On the other end of this journey. Luckily, though, none of that happened, and I had a really great time in Google Earth VR. That, that is... was my scream, just so you know. I, I threw that in. So I know that voice. I know exactly who this guy is. This is Nick Robinson. Yes, it He's is. A podcaster. I used to listen to his shows. I had a number of good ones. I think we've covered one of his other videos in the past. Yeah. Remember when we were talking about uh, Miku and Domino's? Oh, I was going to say Mario Cars. Well, yeah, that might have been. No, it. he he was the one, he was the one who was behind like 
finding the uh, finding the old CEO of Domino's yeah. Japan and and like the story behind the Miku uh, AR thing. I love Nick stuff. Where where you could like use this phone app and point it at the Domino's box and she'd show on top and dance and sing. He always has good stuff like this. He had a he had a bit about an indie like a, a trash video game called Mario Cars. And then Mario Cars 2 showed up and it came out and it had like his voice sampled in the soundtrack. And he, <laughs> and they, nice. So he did a review video not knowing ahead of time that he had clips of himself in the game. It was, <laughs> it was fucking phenomenal. Uh boy. But anyway, M- Microsoft Bimbos. That's B-I-N-B-O-W-S uh, for people who are just listening. Uh, bim- but pronounced bimbos. I love it. Ah, uh, here it is. Kawaikimachi Mebashi City, Gunma Prefecture, Japan. Kawaii. Shooting date, July 20, 2001. Cool. That's the original um, photograph from Alf's Room. No, the, uh, the, the photograph from Alf's Room is a different one. With a totally different angle of the building. Okay, so what's the the whole origin of this whole thing? What's the who was taking these photos then? And how they get uh, this photo was taken by the guy who runs Alf's room. Uh, his name is Yoshinori Adachi. The one that is so popular and widely circulated on the internet, nobody knows who took that picture or when it started showing up. Apparently there's fan art. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, Microsoft Bimbos on Newgrounds as a fan and art. There's, of- and there's also uh, Elf there. It's very Zelda-esque. Yeah, an elf named Elf. Well, cool. Is that the punchline? Uh, I've, got a couple, I've got a couple more clips from this. Uh, one thing is, it, it's very interesting... He's actually used Google Earth VR to introduce people to virtual reality. And one of my favorite things to do when showing somebody VR for the first time is dropping them into this game and taking them to some of their favorite places, their childhood home, their favorite vacation spot for the right person taken to the right place. Damn, I sound like the G man. The right person in the right place can make all the difference. No, but like for real, putting the right person in Google Earth VR can have some pretty genuinely emotional results. He actually showed like his his own brother experiencing VR through Google Earth VR for the first time in the video and like his brother's reaction to it. It was... uh, it actually seems pretty pretty damn cool, and well, it definitely doesn't beat actually going to the places. It's, it's not too bad of a substitute in these uh, lockdown days. Well, what I like about VR is when you're introducing people to VR is you put the headset on and then you put that game where you're riding a virtual roller coaster. And then right as you get up on the, the top of the hill and the roller coaster is just starting to go, go down, you push them and watch them stumble around the room. <laughs> That's a, such a dick move. I yeah, love there it. There you go. Right where they're going downhill. Yeah. <laughs> he had a great moment, too, when he finally when he finally realized just as he was giving up on his search that he had found the building. I had done it. Through some combination of diligence and sheer dumb luck, I had found it. 
It was a very heartwarming moment in the video. Very heartwarming. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah and so now you, now you know the story of Microsoft Binbos. And interestingly, uh, Binbos is actually a pun. Okay. So Binbo is like the word for poor, right? And you, like Binbogami, god of, poor, of being poor, right? And so Binbo combined with Windows... Because it's a because it's a used computer and computer parts shop. Hmm. I see. I understand. Yeah. It, it's a it's a pun. It's not it's not a good pun. No. But that's never stopped the Japanese from from punning. I I still like the idea of Microsoft bimbos like some some kind of uh, you know pimp operation or something. That's what I choose to believe. Since we get to believe whatever we want, right? That's how this world works. <laughs> Thanks. You know what I'm picturing now? Bill Gates in a purple suit, fuzzy hat, and a cane with a big-ass diamond on it. Yeah. Pointing out cyborg women that you can have cyber sex with. Cyber. That is... And now I want somebody to actually draw that. You know, do, always, do we have do we have any artists among our among our listeners? Do us a favor, draw pimp Bill Gates and his cyborg whores for us. Send it on in to show at rareencounter.net. Yeah, and I was imagining um, Bill Gates kind of like as the Duke from Escape from New York for a second there. You ever see that movie? Yeah. It was played by Isaac. No, Harris. I haven't. I know I know a little bit about it, but I haven't actually seen it. He I drives, should. He has a, is it a Cadillac? It, instead of headlights, he has chandeliers hanging off the front of the, the car. He's the Duke what? of New York. Yeah, it's this wild <laughs> thing. He runs New York. That is pretty him. wild. Chandeliers instead of headlights. That's yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It, so the, the premise of the movie is they seal off Manhattan and they make it a prison colony. But then the somehow the president gets locked in there. And that's the yeah. His, his Air Force One crashed in New York or something, right? And, and uh, the special agent, what's his name, Kurt Russell, has to. F let's see, he hang glides in. Snake Plisson. He hang glides in and has to land on top of the World Trade Center and fight his way down. And uh, I think he's saving the president. Rescue, right? Yeah, he's got to be a bad enough dude to rescue the president. Yeah, that was a fun. It was a bad movie, but it was a fun bad movie, you know. Those are the best kind of bad movies. Yeah, Escape from New York, guys. Escape from L.A., uh, not the same thing. Sorry. No, but, I mean, so, lightning doesn't often strike twice. No. Right? Oh, man. Now, you got a blast from our past to bring up. Yeah. I saw in your notes. We got some potato uh, news. Yeah, potato milk is back. You want to hit me with my jingle? Oh yeah, gotta do that, gotta do that, that's right. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on Rare Encounter. Potatoes. All right, this is the potato milk. This is Doug Potato Milk. And this has been making the rounds in the news. A couple people mentioned this on Mastodon uh, and sent some DMs to us over it, but... It was already in the show notes. Uh, as you might remember, we covered this back in August. Yeah, episode Encounter 57. And I think the original also one... Also known as... Let, I got a mountain... 
Internet surprise. Internet surprise. Uh, yeah, and Carblane's actually sent that in. Uh, so that's why she says she remembers it. That's why. The, the bottom line is, this is a company from Sweden that makes vegan stuff. And they've had a product announcement last summer, and the product's finally coming out, and it's getting taste-tested and reviewed now. It's called Dug, D-U-G, and it's a potato milk. Yes, that's right, potato milk. And it comes in three flavors. Original flavor, uh, barista flavor, and unsweetened flavor. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I guess the barista one smells like barista, tastes like barista, has the consistency of an angry barista. But the, the the important thing is, reports say it tastes great in a white Russian. Yeah, I saw some reviews on, I think it was the veganreview.com. I don't usually read that, but I got linked around. I was looking for someone saying something positive about this. And the uh, bottom line is, they say it tastes great in a white Russian, which makes some sense, because if you think about it, what is a white Russian? It's vodka and milk, right? Now, I don't know about you, but for me, it seems the vegan review needs a little bit more meat in their website (laughs) because it is just not loading. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we hit it with that rare encounter traffic. That's yeah. Uh, I read all 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 two all two of us like (laughs) clicking the link once or twice. Well, there were a couple. That was enough to take them down. Damn, we're we're. We're cyber criminals now, aren't we? Yeah, we're doc- taking down the vegan websites you, like the badasses we are. The Sweden vegans must die. That's what I have to say. <laughs> so, the uh, the positive reviews were for things like White Russians, and uh, they used it in a uh, different. I think there was another cocktail they made, and they made a uh, coffee with it in it, and they said that was pretty good. And then everything else had low scores, where they said, "Yeah." It's- <laughs> It's not the right texture or the right taste. So, I don't know. I'd like to get a copy. You got another quote there in your notes. It's spectacular thickness is also its downfall. Oh, yeah. That was a blip. Now, I'll tell, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. That is not what she said. <laughs> the spectacular thickness. She likes it thick. Thick. Yeah. So, this was, this is kind of fun following it. And on, I even checked the art. Like, the art... In the show notes, the picture on the left is what we had last summer, and it's kind of the mock-up bottles of what it's supposed to look like. And then we now have pictures of the actual, you know, containers printed and presumably filled with Doug potato milk. But I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a jug of Doug, if you know what I mean. Gay. I want to, all right, fine. Well, we had some uh, another follow-up. <laughs> we have. If you must. We have a we have one of the topics I've been following uh, behind the scans. Uh, they have a February scan is out, and it's very interesting. If you go to scanofthemonth.com, they have I believe it's vintage point and shoot cameras. And the interesting part about that is I've been trying to correspond. Not, no, it's not exactly it's not exactly vintage. The one that they're showing, at least the first one they're showing, is from ninety uh, seven. The Polaroid 600 AF. It's 600. Now, were they showing multiple cameras? I don't know. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Oh, yeah, they are. Polaroid Go from last April. Yep, there's new stuff in there. These are not These are not vintage. Fujifilm Instamax Mini 11, March 2020. Yeah, vintage my ass. Oh, hold on. This is Now, a- if they'd actually if they'd actually done this with like a Polaroid camera from the 70s, like the one my dad used to have. Now that would be vintage. 
Now, hold on. They This is... The point of the story isn't the scans. The point is the marketing mishap, because they weren't even supposed to do cameras. They're supposed to do Bose speakers, according to their earlier press releases. And I even have in my notes, if you go look at the notes that I have in, um, I have the February preview pictures, which were not published on their site, uh, which are of Bose speakers. And they said, oh, yeah, coming up in February, February scan a month is Bose speakers. And then it was that way up until yesterday when they decided they were going to do cameras instead. And I believe the email. Or maybe or maybe Bose found out who they were and sent uh, some threatening lawyer letters. Oh, well, I did dox them. Yeah. So it's your fault. It's your fault that we're not getting the Bose speaker scans. Thanks, Abel Kirby. Hmm. No, I'm, I went and saw their uh, copy for this before, and they discuss it as if they're taking cameras from no the 1940s, and the cameras, uh, we explore instant film cameras dating back to the 1940s. So the copy they send out to everyone made it sound like it was a bunch of vintage cameras. The copy right before that said it was Bose speakers, and then when you actually get to the site, it's like, cameras released this month. So yeah, I don't know what's going on with uh, scan of the month, but... Maybe you need to dox them again. They need to sort this shit out. Also, I'm not sure of the date on here. The stuff, like, they say two thousand, they say 2020, but then you find out that the camera was, like, 2014. I don't, I don't understand what the, there's problems. Maybe man. it's the particular, maybe it's the particular model. Yeah. Well, there's other things with it. Like, I went and reviewed all their old scans, like the Lego scans, and we had a discussion about uh, the paint on the Lego guy. Now that they have the archives up, we can go back and look at the Lego dude, the Lego firefighter. And I remember the first time when you yeah. brought this to the show, you had mentioned the, uh, well, I said, holy shit, that, that can't be real because everything's the wrong color. And if you look at the, uh, like the hands of the Lego figure are yellow, but the rest of the body is blue, that, that yeah. can't be a CT scan because the density of the plastic of the hands is, the, the electron density there is the same as the plastic everywhere else. What they've done, I'm going to explain this, I've done some analysis, I figure out what they're doing, is they went and grouped the different parts and broke them out. Um, so they took the scan data and then they turned them into solids for some, some parts of the scan they're displaying. And they just changed the color map on it. So there's a color scale for the body and then the hands are a different, and the hands and the crowbar are a different color scale. And if you look at... Okay. Yeah, they, so there's some funny business here. When I was saying that's not what a CT scan looks like, I'm serious, and I still stand by that. The way they um, actually display everything, what they'll do is they'll have a projection of the the scan. Uh, what I mean by projection is they project it all back onto a plane, so they have like the whole transparency of the, the figure, and that's saved as an image. And then they overlay it with the real scan data, or like little blocks that's the real scan data, like they don't show the whole thing at once. So there's a bunch of trickery in here that makes it look more, you know... Um, What's that stupid movie where they, everyone started waving their hands around? Uh, they had the computer screens. What was it? Minority Report? Like that stupid UI shit. I never saw that. And then everyone started copying it. It feels like that, where it's like this super stylized, but it's not... Like if you were going to analyze digital holography, this isn't the way to do it, guys, just so you know. Um, some of the cross-sections are good. Like when they get to the cross-sections, that's real. But there's, there's funny business going on. But anyway... Um, I had said the uh, it wasn't it could not be that the paint would show up as a different color, and I want to revise that. Uh, it turns out 
after doing a little research on this firefighter minifigure, um, just to give a background for people who can't see what I'm looking at, um, the first scan of the month was Lego minifigures, and one of them was a firefighter, and the firefighter is, you know, a regular Lego figure, but on his the front of his shirt, he has, well, like many Lego minifigures, has a printed, um, like his vest and belt and some things, you know, a carabiner and stuff. And then on his back, he has the fire team logo and some other things. But when you look at it in the CT scan, you see parts of it are like really bright. And what I found out is those are the glow in the dark parts. So they, ah. have, yeah, there you go. It's actually a fluorescent paint, which uses a, uh, 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 has a metal inside it, I think. I'm so then that that explains that also that explains why yeah when you're looking at the front of it like there's those little stripes on the uh, on the legs and just the stripes across the chest but not the rest of it yeah and if you look right? at, look at the full color picture which and is then near if the you top. look at the back if you look at the back yeah you see the you see those stripes in the in the logo the it's the green color on the on his uh. Uh, that's painted on his shirt and on his knees. Not that Lego guy. Yeah, the these. the what would be yeah the the paints for what would be the reflective parts on an actual on actual clothes, right? Yep. I don't know if it's phosphorescent or fluorescent, but it's clearly something different than the normal coloring they put on. So there you go. There's an explanation from the past behind the scans. And, uh, behind the scans on rare encounter. And I reached out to them again, uh, but no solid reason. I got the mass marketing email, not the personal response I'm looking for. So, oh, well. Of course. Anyway, moving on. Um, what do we got? I got Wordle. I got shitty Amazon reviews. I've got... I got cold places. I got friends in cold places. Let's do that. Yeah. I found I I was trying to find some information about like the the northernmost settlement in Ontario, mm -hmm. and I couldn't find that. But I did find an article, the eight northernmost settlements of Canada, so out of the whole country, the eight places that are the closest to the North Pole where people actually live year round, mm. as opposed to Santa's Workshop where he only lives during Christmas. It's a, it's a... No, 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 Santa lives there except during Christmas, well, because during Christmas, he's too busy traveling the rest of the world delivering all those presents. I'm talking about the elves, they're all seasonal help. No, they're not. The elves are all slaves. They bust them in, is what I'm trying to say. No, they're, they're chained, they're chained up when they're not making toys. I don't know. I it's the only way to, it's the only, only way to make sure that uh, they meet their quotas, because there are a lot of children on this planet. Oh, man. All right, so what's going on with northern settlements in Canada? So the most, the northernmost settlement in Canada, as many people know, is a place called Alert. Alert! Yeah, and it, which used to be a, uh, a, just a weather station and then a, a listening post just in case those damn Ruskies tried flying bombers over the North Pole to drop nukes on North America. Mm. But the weather station... And to, this, to this day, to this day, there are still about 60 people who, lives the, who live there throughout the year, and in the summer, 
temporary visitors boosted up by another up to up to about 150. But there are always people living there and running the still active Canadian Forces Station alert and the weather station up there. Hmm. At number two, we have another uh, essentially closed settlement, a place called Eureka, Eureka, which is on Ellesmere Island, just like Alert, but is Alert! a bit further south. This is, this is a research post, and there's less than a dozen people who are there at any given time, but, it all, but since it also remains consistently staffed, it's considered a permanent settlement. Okay. Third is... Uh, the third is Greece Fjord, also on Ellesmere Island, and this is the first place that is an actual like public settlement. It's got a it's got a bit of a uh, bad story behind it though, because the the, pe the people who live there, many many of them, their families were forcibly resettled there by the government in the fifties. To say that, yes, we have people living here. This is Canadian territory. You're not allowed here. Mm. I'm Unfortunately, quite a few of the original settlers were not able to adjust to the massive changes between their original homelands further south in the Northwest Territories. And, well, they didn't make it past those first couple of years up there. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Canada, Canada's dark shame of the North, Greece Fjord. Greece Fjord. I'm looking. Fourth at some... is a place called Resolute, and it is a Inuit community with about 200 people in Nunavut. Nunavut. Apparently, their average annual temperature is close to negative 16 degrees Celsius. Uh, I'm not going to bother determining what that is in freedom units. <laughs> I'll let you do that. Yeah. If you want. Number five, Arctic Bay at on Baffin Island, num where people apparently have lived for nearly 5,000 years. Pond Inlet, also on Baffin Island, is number six. Saks Harbor in uh, Northwest Territories in the Inuvik region is a, is a small hamlet-sized community on Banks Island. And finally, at eight, is Ulukatok. Ulukatok. U-L-U-K-H-A-K-T-O-K. And it's on Victoria Island in the Northwest Territories. Jeez. So yeah, it, it was interesting. I, it was interesting going through that. Hmm. I, th I figured, hey... It, it's worth throwing. It's worth throwing out there for other people who are interested in the geography of Canada. Yeah, I'm I know. I know one person who would be who would be interested in all that. My maps. <laughs> oh man! With between the names, the unpronounceable names, and just looks of these uh, towns, they remind me of like. I guess it's right in the same region, like the coast of Greenland. You know, if you get north in Greenland and you look at it on Google Maps. You see stuff. That huh, looks funny, exactly funny like enough, that. one of the one of the related articles in the sidebar is the ten northernmost settlements in Greenland. Oh, really? And yeah, it's the difference. The difference is that Greenland has more exposed rock, 
where people have settled than Canada does up there. Yeah. There's a couple towns in there. Uh, if you go go to Greenland, where you can actually do Google Street View and look around, and it looks exactly like these Canadian places. You drop yeah. yourself in, you know. Everything from, oh, here's a boat that's on cinder blocks. <laughs> Interesting. You don't see that a lot. Have you ever seen pictures of Longyearbyen in Svalbard? No. Oh, they got, like, practically rainbow-colored houses. Like, every every house is in, like, this a different bright color or, or, like, every fifth is the same color or something. But, yeah, it's... They have, they have very nice-looking houses there because... Otherwise, all you're seeing is white and a bit of brown on the ground and white and blue in the sky. I take that back. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen the uh, I've seen these areas. Yeah. Where? And you got to do things like that so that the people don't get so depressed with the uh, with the lonesomeness of those places that they going off themselves. I could get so lonely I could die. Yeah, you gotta have something going on uh, to stay there. It, it seems like it's... I don't know. What do you do for fun? I look at the rocks, and then I look at the red paint, and then I look at the blue paint, and then I look at the rocks again. That's fun. A master bait with a snowball. <laughs> Is that your NAS... My pecker's cold! <laughs> Is that your NAS blippin'? It shouldn't be. That's not mine. Oh, shit, it is. Blipping all over things. Blipping I thought I had me. that muted. Must have been those videos I watched earlier. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking for restaurants, man. Where do you eat? I guess you go fishing and then you eat what you catch. And then you also catch... Yeah, you, 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 pull, you pull up the fish and you leave them to dry or you pull up a shark and you bury it under the rocks on the beach until it's fermented. And there you go. Northerner food. Yeah, there you go. No seasoning needed. Everything's bland because it doesn't spoil. You just leave it outside. There's actually it doesn't go bad. When I was at my brother's on Saturday for more tainted grail, we actually watched while we were having our dinner uh, this video where a guy was like explaining volcano bread that they have in Iceland and also described some of the other things like the dried fish that is essentially fish jerky. And things like that that they have. Hmm. With a nice pat of butter on them. Because otherwise, otherwise you might break your jaw trying to chew this shit. <laughs> uh, I don't see a lot of cows. Maybe they have, they, they have cows in Iceland. They, they've always had cows and goats there. But uh, goats sound more like not too, not too many. And until the 20th century, certainly and certainly not enough to live on solely as your source of protein. Yep. I've got potato farms in Greenland. Great. Cool. Greenland began to produce potatoes at Bay North. But I'm talking I'm not talking Greenland, though. I'm talking about Iceland. Iceland, though. Yeah. Now you got some more stuff to bring to bring to the show today, right? I got a couple things. You um, got a couple of you got a couple of videos. Let's see. I got the uh, some NFTs. Uh, there was a an article from I think it was from Cracked. I don't want to link the article, but they had a video inside it which uh, had some I don't know like mean takes on NFTs, and I just clipped a couple of these. Uh, I I like they, that could, the, they couldn't be more than my takes on them. 
Well, you uh, can be meaner than my takes. Let's listen to a couple of these. These are uh, explanations of what NFTs are, and I, I'm glad this sort of thing is getting more exposure. Back in the stupid ages, I could own a nice Rembrandt, and you could own, oh, I don't know, pregnant Sonic the Hedgehog on soiled Arby's napkin. That's a... Uh Mayonnaise thing. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> so I think that was uh, in the Nick the Rat collection. And this is a guy, Roger, who's talking with an artist. And it's just a little banter back and forth, bitching about NFTs. Here's part two. But why waste all that time hanging a painting in your home like you're some sort of Renaissance baronet when you could just pay to associate your name with a JPEG of a feckin' echidna? So you're saying that I should collect art? by purchasing exclusive ownership to a piece someone posted online? What is this, the 31st century? No, you can only pay to associate your name with a URL where an image is located. Sure, everyone else on the planet can still look at it, but you can rest easy in the knowledge that you're the only one who owns a computer picture of Master Chief making sweet love to Mega Man. <laughs> so uh, it kind of shows you where it's going <laughs> oh god i like his explanation it's just you're associating your name with something else with a url to a jpeg i think we talk about uh he goes on to talk about what happens when the when the uh jpeg goes offline okay but what happens if the url goes offline yeah that's Gone. So people are paying to pretend to own a link to an image, not even the image itself? Not even the ugly image itself. Despite all my highfalutin talk of empowering <laughs> artists, most NFTs look like the creations of concussed children, force-fed Alice in Wonderland drugs, because Raj Club profits by churning out sales as fast as we can, while the hype monster still lurches forward. <laughs> look, look. Do you want to sell your art on Raj Club alongside masterpieces such as this? No thanks. Well, that's fine. I'll just have bots scrape all of your artwork anyway. NFTs are completely unregulated, and thousands of images are sold without permission from the artists who created them. One market. Yeah, there you go. And so this is, I got one more to, to wrap this up with. But before, that was... before that, before that, we got to we got to share the analogy that Midas just uh, just posted in the chat. Yep. And he said, it's like being married to a chick, but everyone else fucks her. But you have the marriage certificate. Yes, you have the marriage certificate. She's my wife. My wife. Even though everybody legal. else is <laughs> is railing her. Government? Yeah, I'll start it over. Set. Can't all be legal. <laughs> Who's going to stop me? The government? They still think kids are using facts. I just want to pause for you. I like that little... Uh... Who's going to stop me? The government? It can't all be legal. <laughs> Who's going to stop me? The government? Yeah, it's a good little ISO. They still it think is. Kids too, bad, are using too bad for the backing machines. music. Yeah, it is. It's a sex. Wait, if the market is unregulated, how does the fact that someone owns an NFT mean anything? Because what we're really selling is a status symbol. It's like a fast car or a fancy suit, except you're only pretending you own a car while a group of people with more money than taste agree that you make very convincing vroom vroom noises. And that was all I clipped. The rest of it was kind of stale. We don't need to hear Vroom vroom. Vroom vroom. That was very convincing. Hey, cold acid. That was a very convincing vroom vroom. Thanks. <laughs> I paid. I paid seven hundred thousand dollars for it. For that vroom vroom. Oh yeah. 
I'm working on a zoom zoom. I'm gonna <gasps> I'm gonna zoom zoom out of here one day. I got my zoom zoom <laughs> back. That's all I'm happy about, you know. Yeah. Well, that was the NFTs. I'm just glad they had more uh, more of that sentiment is getting out there. It was too often you see the uh, breathless news story about NFTs and they and here's how great they are and here's what's new or you see the the commercial about NFTs and how great they are or whatever. And I mean, this Sunday the Super Bowl is coming on and there's going to be very high uh value commercials very expensive commercials that are going to talk about crypto um if you watch it you're going to hear about them if you don't watch it you're probably going to hear about them anyway because the roadmap because everybody else is going to be talking about them the the history of crypto advertisements on tv is a uh, a short but (laughs) turbulent one because they're often just terrible they they either reek of a scam or they're you know trying to convince people to do something they're gonna lose money on. It's just fucking stupid. You I know th- how you know how I see it. Seven sixteenths of the uh, of the cryptocurrency and blockchain sphere are charlatans. Another seven sixteenths are hype fueled idiots. Okay. And the remaining two sixteenths or one eighth really. Are people like us who see the value in some of this, but can only shake our heads in disbelief at how many fucking retards there are screwing themselves up over it? Yeah. Yeah, there's something like that going on. It's it's a shame, too, because it detracts from the actual interesting things that can be done. It's completely yeah. washed away by investments and uh, and. The television treating it like a stock. Well, we're going to treat it like it's foreign currency. And they miss, like, you could actually have a CSGO mod where you play for real money. And, you you know, you drop a little bag of money when you get hit. And if someone picks it up, they really, you know, they get your your uh, your crypto. And so you can start playing with, playing a game in a different way than you did before. Where before, if you played Counter-Strike, you know, uh, Counter-Strike doesn't really matter. But you could, if yeah, you could okay, play, play so, for 50 yeah, cents, don't... you know, pay for a dollar buy-in, the winner gets the pot, you know. Was, that wasn't I think I think they do. all I think they already have esports gambling. Well, the thing is, you can do it without a central authority and you don't need permission. And you can do it in a way where you... Where the yeah, government can't take the money from you after they find out that you did it illegally. Yeah, it's... You could always, like... Put money down on the bar and have the guy next to you uh, make a sports bet with you. But it was hard to do with someone in another country without going through a third party like PayPal or something. And everyone wants their fee and everyone wants in on the action one way or another, whether it's trying to stop you because they don't like what you're doing or they just want to tax you or they just want to get a big exchange rate because you're changing currencies. You know, all of those middlemen, the, the obstructors to doing... Something which is kind of cool, uh, like uh, playing video games for money. And I realize gambling has been a thing forever. I don't, I don't need anyone to tell me that. The, um, the cool part is well, we're already program- getting, we're already getting programming. all of that in with Bitcoin. You know, the the middlemen. In fact, Lightning is built on middlemen. When you think about it. Well, if you're the middleman, you you don't need a middleman though. You could just set it up with uh, between peers. Yeah, if you if you create a channel directly to the the person you're sending money back and forth, and yeah, if you're gonna have like some some sort of ongoing relationship like that, it makes sense. But 
when with things like boostograms and such, right? It's it doesn't really work out that well, and you're stuck with middlemen all the same. Really? At least these middlemen aren't as corrupt and grubby as PayPal, though, mm. which is uh, which is a plus. Uh, some some middlemen are better than others. Hmm. Yeah, for now, anyway. I'm waiting. There's a dystopian take on lightning, which needs to be written. Um, I don't know if I'm the man to write it, but it's uh, it certainly needs to be done. Uh, I, I've I've had some pretty black pill takes on lightning myself, and I still have a few. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about podcast? Um, I I guess I I still got some other news to bring up too afterwards. Sure. Uh, here's the podcast rundown for this week. We had behind the schemes actually was on after. Well, I think it was actually absent a six pack technically. They were on with uh, Sir Seat Sitter. After the No Agenda show on Sunday for the douchebag uh, contest, I don't know what they called it. The uh, yeah, the that bags. was that was actually a hell of a lot of fun. That was a good show. And then uh, I don't know if that ever it, it's be it's uh, absent a six pack, so it'll take months before the episode actually gets out there. But we had uh, <laughs> an episode Throw, throwing some shade on Sir Seat Sitter. I see. We had episode eighty three of Behind the Schemes three M three S. That was the possession of Ronald McDonald, uh, which has the story of the exorcist and some other fun things inside there. It's a fun, uh, fun episode. And if you listen to it, you can hear a bunch of new jingles and uh, drops and stuff that uh, Boobery has prepared. Uh, I think a lot of them were sent in by an anonymous uh, benefactor. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah, including their Boostagram sound. They have a Boostagram sound. Boostagram. Boostagram. We have... Boost. Yeah, boost. Uh, Angry Tech News is still on episode 21, Homework Destiny. So there's been no update yet. Mm, so much for Tuesdays. Maybe Ryan doesn't understand Tuesdays. Hog Story has Hog Story 261, I Like Drop, which uh, was also fun. They had the question, what car did you learn to drive in? I meant I to, but I didn't actually call in for that. What I learned to drive in was a Dodge Ram 2500 hmm. when I was 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, you got to get started early. Still the only way to get Yeah, good. you got to get started with a view where you're towering over everybody else on the road. You got to be like a child running over people with no sense is, of morality. Is there anything better in the world <laughs> when you're 12 years old than being able to crutch all the other vehicles around you? Yeah, you I know, don't think so. It's like you went to a monster truck rally and you said, that's what I want to do in real life. Man. Cow crusher. Get him, cow crusher. Yeah. Monster truck. <laughs> uh, Hog Story also had the, uh, the Space Alert news baked in there. They have the uh, SpaceX, uh, SpaceX portion of the rocket is going to crash into the moon and... You know, whether these orbit predictions are accurate or not is something I've always wondered about. There's some people who... Oh, that reminds me of something I saw in the news ticker today. 40 out of 49 uh, SpaceX satellites are going all crazy because uh, of a solar storm that's uh, fried them. Yeah, I saw that in the news. Um, I, I am always skeptical of space weather news. The reason I'm skeptical of space weather news is most people don't understand space weather. And there's often things reported 
inaccurately or they don't tell you the whole story and you can't find out was it a, a particular weakness in the satellite that was the problem or was it a particularly bad space weather event and what I I need to really find some good primary sources on this before I have an opinion I'm just worried that like all the other previous space weather uh, news articles I've seen in the last couple of years it's a lot of fluff and no uh, no science behind it do you have any uh, primary information? No. That's it. And so it's it's just, so space weather, oh, they're all dying from space, you know, and so what's really going on? I don't know. We're all going to die! There's, uh, there's, there's some good analysis to be done there. I'm sure that, that uh, there's enough information out there to, uh, to figure out what's going on, but I just don't know what's going on yet. Yeah. Uh, Bull- I'm just amused by it all, really. I... I don't particularly care one way or the other about those SpaceX satellites. I just find it interesting. The um, Bowl After Bowl, bowlafterbowl.com, uh, they had uh, episode 134 that was Bowls with Buds with Net Ned. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that one? That was a lot of fun, actually. I missed that one, but they also had 135. Mm. Now, I didn't listen to that one yet. That was last night, and I just finished That was last night. I got through behind the schemes uh, this afternoon, so I didn't pick up anything else since then. Ah. Um, bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. I'll be doing, I'll catch up with uh, Sir Spencer on Friday, though. We're going to do April Craft on Friday. And then I might be doing something with Tom Starkweather on s- this weekend. We're going to have to check in and find out. I don't know. Coming soon to a podcast player Coming near soon. you. So I think all of these shows that we mentioned are now. Um, Value for value shows, just like ours. Yep, they're all they're all taking the sats. They're taking sats. And in fact, in fact, I do believe that I have boosted each and every one of those. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you want, you can do the same to Rare Encounter. We're a value for value show. We just record. Uh, we don't charge you anything to listen to this. And uh, you can hit us up uh, with your lightning enabled podcast player by boosting us or just streaming sats if you send us a boostagram we read it on the next show and you if, can also... if they send us a boostagram during the show we read it at the end of the episode yep and if you want to send us an email there's always show at rareencounter.net if you want to talk to us about something in more detail uh i always like submissions people send us some stories from time to time some of these stories we talked about today were submitted by people uh some of them were submitted by people months and months ago <laughs> Just getting around to them. So everything's appreciated. The feedback's appreciated. There's a, it's a lot of fun doing it for you guys. So y'all keep us, keep us uh, going. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. And what do we got cold? You got some fun. I I got, I got two more stories. I got two more stories to bring up and you still have, you have still have this video about Wordle. If you want to bother bringing it up or not. I was just going to bitch about Wordle. Oh, bitch ahead. It's bad. I'm done. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, it's a fucking right. Scrabble game. It has a little bit of a logic component, but they do things that are dumb. That Like, the game is actually made for stupider people because it won't let you type in words that aren't uh, legal. So you don't miss a try. Here's what I'm mad about in Wordle is that you should be able to type in some nonsense and then miss a try. 
uh, or, you know, type in a word that's not in the word list and just miss a try. But they they kind of help you along the whole time. And if you actually sit down, unless you're illiterate and you don't know many five-lettered words, it's uh, or you don't happen to know the word that that is the solution, well, that would be a problem, too. But it doesn't seem very likely. All of the ones puzzles I've seen are pretty common words, and the process of finding them is pretty easy. And it kind of feels a little bit like playing solitaire, where it's, you know, I don't know, you can waste some time, but it's not a real challenge. Compared to the crossword puzzle, I thought was a, a good now, social challenge. Now, you've said something there that I have to challenge. Which is? It, solitaire Solitaire is not something easy for wasting time. Uh, when you look at Klondike, Klondike, which is what most people just call solitaire, actually has more losing states, states where you cannot win at all, than it has potentially winning ones. Like just because of how just because of how the deck was uh was laid out, there's no way to win with uh, some hands. Then you got uh then you got free cell, which does actually take intelligence to figure out and solve. So you can't just you can't just blow off solitaire games like that. They're all for losers. No one should play them. The problem with Wordle is that it's really popular, and I hate it for that. Oh, I'm sorry, I was honest there. Let, let's scratch that part out. <laughs> now the New York Times bought Wordle, and uh, they played. Yeah, which is which is enough to make of... to make people not play it, or at least make it that they should not play it. Well, there's a number of clones. There's a number of basic bitch statistic videos where they tell, oh, here's the probability of this and that, whatever. It's boring. Solving Wordle using information theory. Yeah, okay. Uh, that'd be a nice high school science project. Thank you. It's not <laughs> It's not interesting. It feels like it's the same shit. I feel like I've seen this this problem solved a billion times before. You know, in, in Except that the, now they're making it easier for idiots to solve it. By making sure that you can't do anything wrong, yeah, it's, and that's the and that's the real that's the real problem. We have to take the training wheels off of everything. Yeah, no training wheels on my words. That's what I slay. Damn right. We're gonna we're gonna speak all the words that we know with no training wheels. That's right. I speak good. I know lots of words. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. Uh, neither do I, but it's probably nowhere good. What do we have for stories, Cold? Okay, two. I've I've got two more two more stories. One about one about sailing the seven seas of Japan, and one about one about cyber sexual assault. Hit me with those light. Which novels. Which one do you want first? Hit me with those light novels. Oh, it's not light novels. It's manga. Manga, actually. Pew! Yeah, the big four, the big four of Japan are. Preparing to sue Cloudflare, or Cloudflare, this time in U.S. court instead, or sorry, in Japanese court instead of U.S. court, where they have not really had any sort of victory over their view that Cloudflare is is helping the pirate sites along by providing its services in the first place. So now they're they're going to sue Cloudflare. As a piracy facilitator in Japan, mm-hmm. and hope in hopes that instead of simply not not allowing access to these pirate sites in Japan, but still serving serving them for the rest of the world, 
they can make Cloudflare stop servi servicing these sites altogether. Yeah, Cloudflare is a big um, single point failure for a lot of places. Is there a competitor for them? There's actually there's actually a few different uh, competitors. Uh, the, I mean, the main service that Cloudflare offers is is simply is simply a proxy service where where they're able to use your uh, SSL certificate so they can proxy HTTPS traffic essentially by being a man in the middle. Mm -hmm. it, Right, and they're a big CDN, but there's a lot of other CDN services out there, and there there's Epic, I believe, offers a service just like just like uh, Cloudflare for the uh, for those of us who are alt tech. Hmm. Uh, one of the interesting things uh, is that at least at time of this report that I came across, the pirate sites that uh, Cloudflare is being sued over in this particular situation haven't been listed. Really? So they won't say yeah. what the site is? Did they tell Cloudflare? They won't say what the site or sites are, no. Are they sealed or are they just not named? The lawsuit was not yet actually filed in court. Okay, so it's basically, it's they just didn't tell anyone yet. Yeah, because, what, because the big four went and like, did a press conference saying, yeah, we're about to take Cloudflare to court here in Tokyo. Cloudflare, yes. We make no training wheels on this show. Crowdflare. Crowdflare. No good. Crowdflare, no good. Oh, God, we're, we're racist. Damn. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, so there's that coming down the road uh hopefully mangadex isn't considered a pirate site by them because everything on there is actually uh proper like fan translations rather than scans of scans of like the japanese or english official translations mm -hmm. yeah I don't but know. yeah um it's, just... it's looking they're demand yeah so they're going to be demanding 400 million yen, which uh, at time of the article, about three and a half million dollars in damages and no longer no longer providing content delivery services for these sites or any other websites they say are pir pirating manga. Hmm. Well, they've been on this kick. Uh, we had that in the news either really late last year or early this year that there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of copyright litigation forthcoming from Japan, and they've decided to go international with a lot of it too. So, I suppose we can expect yep. more where this came from. Oh, I found uh, I found a follow up article from uh, from last week that I did not see before about this, and yeah, okay, they are demanding four hundred sixty million yen now, or about four million dollars. And I suppose the sites are somewhere in the uh, in the report, so I'll have to add that to the to the show notes. Hmm. But uh, enough enough piracy. No, there's never enough piracy. Arr! No, I mean enough talk about it. <laughs> I want to get onto this one last horrible piece of news before before we wrap up for the day. All right, let's end with a downer, folks. We're doing a downer. Yeah. So apparently, apparently, uh, apparently, a woman was 
gang raped in virtual reality by her own description. Okay. Uh, so here's something. Here's something that came out last year after after Metaverse first started rolling out and games and apps started showing up. Apparently, there's there's been a groping problem in the Metaverse where people with female avatars would have their personal space invaded by other avatars who would grab at their digital bits. Hmm. And now and now there is a this uh this lady Nina Jane Patel, a psychotherapist uh who apparently conducts research on the metaverse was was sexually assaulted by three and four, between three and four avatars and is being and it's being described as a gang rape oh boy yeah so this is a um i don't know is this an extension of teabagging in halo kind of but now that now that everybody is being their gender as like first and foremost everywhere right it, Teabagging was one thing because, like, in Halo at least, like, you couldn't tell if somebody was a guy or a girl unless they were voice chatting. Hey, pink armor. Right? Every, yeah. Well, I mean, guys could have pink armor, too, simply because you were put on the red team instead of the blue team, right? Yeah, I guess so. And teabagging was just, was just asserting dominance on somebody you owned. Yes. It, it, it's a different sort of thing where it's like, where it's like uh, somebody's like coming up to you because you have this female avatar, and they're moving their VR hands to grope your digital breasts or ass. This it, is Facebook's fault because they enabled it all. This is Facebook's fault because they exist in the first place and decided that something like this was a good idea. Avatar should not. No, be I've able. heard. I've heard that. I've heard that they're now adding something. Uh, where you can actually have like a user settable personal space that other people can't enter into and other people will just bump off of you to deal with the groping problems. But it's like, it's like, I don't know, just weird, it, weird news to me. Well, you know, uh, people she... are assholes on the internet. That has always been and that will always be. It's just that they never considered how many different ways people could be assholes once they had a humanoid form in VR on the internet. You know, some people are too much of a wimp to play on a PvP server. And I think this is kind of the same thing. It's like if you're gonna expose yourself to being harassed by going onto a server where that kind of thing could happen, you shouldn't be surprised when it does. Well, another thing is, it, with VR, it's a, it's another different situation from just, like, playing, like, a first-person or third-person game on the internet where you're just watching on a screen, right? Because in that case, there is de there's a definite sense of separation between you and the character you're playing as because, like, you've got that sort of distance, you've got that sort of different input method, whereas you put on the headset... And you're actually essentially in the body of your avatar, right? No, you're right? not. And so it's you like, have some screens in front of your eyes, okay? You're not in anything. In, su in such a way that all you see is what's projected through those screens. You don't see the screen itself. 
your entire field of view is what those screens show you. You don't have anything else, like me sitting at my desk here, right? I can see, I can see the rest of the room. I can see the borders of my monitors. I can see my keyboard and my gamepad and the switch on my desk. I put on, I put on the VR headset and what I see is the world of the game and nothing else, right? And so there's, there's some things that just, tick in people's minds because of that and it makes them it makes them identify even more with the avatar in the game than than they would uh just watching something on a regular monitor and i think that's i think that's something that actually does have to be considered when moving to vr everything all right i'll hold my tongue on the rest what do we got to wrap the show up? You got some uh, boostograms? I heard one come in. Yeah, we got we got boosts out the ass. So starting starting off, we got sixty nine sixty nine sats from Carolyn Blaney, who says, hashtag boost chain incoming. Happy showtime XO. Next we got thirty three sixty nine sats from Sir Spencer, and he said, hash boost chain motherfucker. Gotta get a pew in there for the car wreck insurance fiasco. Shout out to Hog Story Contest Candy Received. Keep it fruity. We also got 2323 sats from Booberry who says, You haven't even seen my boost form. And just moments ago, one more from Booberry at 6969 sats. And he says, Slash me charges up. Me charges up. All right. Well, thanks, yeah. Carolyn. And I'm a charging my laser. Charging your laser. Well, I think yep. charging down. Shoop de whoop, dudes. All right. Does that conclude that? I think that does. Yeah. I think that concludes the episode here. And a hell of an episode it's been. Oh, yeah. I think we ran long. We, we ran did. Long? Yeah, we ran long this time. Yeah, we ran long. Oh, uh, well. <clears throat> Until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. All right. <laughs> Keep it fruity, boys. Adios. Woman. But you lay down, honey, and die. Oh, I had a good woman.